Welcome to Podcast with Cooper Cherry. Today I've got a good friend of the pod, uh, argument winner, aka Todd from Beep Beep Lettuce, rejoining me. How's it going, Todd? Welcome back. It's, it's going really good. Um, just just chilling, uh, a little hungover, but uh, no worse for wear. Nice. So I think uh, probably the meat of what we're going to talk about is this uh, supposed <laughs> alleged alleged Maoist attack on anarchism article by Wayne Price, but uh, we'll get to that in a bit. First, I actually, I wanted to, I wanted to call you out a little bit here, because I'm going to, I'm going to quote your, your tweet here from the other day. Uh, let's see, this is, we've got the Liz Wheeler tweet. Oh, you got receipts? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, it's the, it's the graphic with the red and orange areas and comparing the population between oh, those no. two. And, and I will, I will quote one argu- at argument winner here with uh, the red part of the country has produced zero good podcasts. You fucking <laughs> idiot! So uh, I thought yeah. I would take take you to task for this uh, at this opportune moment. Shit, yeah, that's the tea. Um, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I post stupid shit on Twitter all the no, time. I'm just fucking with you. I don't genuinely think the red part of the country has produced zero podcasts, but the point of that post was to illustrate it's like okay um you know it's funny to pretend that the middle of the country like shouldn't have a set you know like if like when oh, you yeah. make fun no, of baby boomers like n- you could go and say like baby boomers shouldn't have the right to vote you know if they're collecting social security they forfeit the right to vote that would slap and I unironically believe that, but you should have, you have to position it as a joke, otherwise you piss people off. And that's kind of the same thing, you know? And that, uh, I, that's I, not to say that I think that the middle of the country has produced no good media or podcasts. <laughs> it's just uh, kind of a uh, joke at the expense of, you know, the two centers of podcasting in the country, L.A. and, and Brooklyn. Hey, you don't have to be so defensive about being a coastal elite <laughs> yeah i'm just well, i'm just fucking with you i promise i'm just messing. i know i know i know <laughs> i do i would consider myself a coastal elite um but only when i <laughs> only when i play halo uh as an elite oh nice okay yeah fair enough um you know what i, I really enjoyed i don't can't remember if you had done this episode after the last time you came on the pod but i really liked your spirited defense of joker guys on beep beep uh, several episodes back Yeah, well, I mean, like, the whole Joker guy thing, um, I feel like it's kind of run its course at this point, but the the thing with Joker guys is is they've been the territory, being a Joker guy has been the territory of a reactionary for a very long time. It's like, oh, you know, the Joker, he wants to blow up society, so clearly he's a reactionary, but, you know, part of pretty much everybody's journey to becoming a leftist is realizing that society, especially American society and the imperial core, fucking sucks so like blowing up society um yeah that is actually a leftist position if you're not a reactionary about it uh in like the ways that you know libertarians would be a reactionary about it you know like joker guys frequently are libertarians in a lot of ways yeah but if you're a libertarian no. socialist joker guy uh hey, like myself that's, <laughs> yeah, that's a big, yeah. big coop energy right there for sure exactly so among among the representations of the Joker, do you have is there one that you identify with strongly? 
I mean, we'll have to see when the Joker movie comes out. Um, okay. That's going to be a fucking event. I am, I'm probably going to go <laughs> to the theater dressed as the Joker <laughs> yes. with the makeup on. Um, <laughs> I mean, obviously, of, of the existing movies, obviously Heath Ledger, legendary. Uh, definitely my favorite. Just, you know, because RIP, first of all, you know, and also, like, it's an amazing performance. That's not a hot take at all. That's a fairly cold run-of-the-mill take. But you got to respect it. You know, it's an incredible performance. I do just ask that whenever you do go see this movie and you, if you actually do go in full makeup, this must be documented. <laughs> we must get the Twitch stream or something going on. That would, yeah, Even if yeah. you're just like walking up and like taking pictures with people outside the theater, that would be fucking hilarious. <laughs> that, that, I mean, I do bit. have that mask. I don't know about yeah. the, the makeup, but I do have the mask. Nice. Yeah, I think uh, I'm probably more so on the uh, the Jack Nicholas version mm, yeah i yeah, like but, uh i like that he's that's kind back of when they didn't really take themselves as serious you know which is yeah. also it's it's different but it's still great yeah it, it's a little bit campier but i do like the uh i don't know he's kind of like the psychopath genius and he's like he's having fun with it you know he's really like running with it with his like commercials and shit like he they show somebody and it's like, ooh, looks like somebody's been using brand X and shit like he's, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's I having mean, a real go at it. So Um Drill's Avatar is Jack Nicholson, right? Yeah. So I just imagine that uh Drill is the Jack Nicholson Joker retired from Jokerdom just posting. Right on. Yeah, I can see it. I like to think about it like that. But yeah, I th- I think you're onto something and I want to reclaim the Joker for the left. <laughs> well, here's the um, thing, uh, and not to detract, because I know we want to talk about this anarchist versus Maoist article, and I, I of course, want to talk about Epstein at some point and <laughs> this whole Lil Nas X versus Pete Buttigieg thing, but um, to get on a little bit of a tangent, um, I think everything that has ever been the territory of the right, meme-wise, media-wise, we need to figure out how to co-opt it and turn it into part of the left right there's there's obviously yeah. things that you you can't co-opt right like saying the n-word or or like <laughs> pe- I, I i haven't figured out a way to co-opt pepe's but like you know the wojacks right like the that that's an example right wojacks there's like all these memes that the right has used for so long it's like just take them and do them better you know, yeah. because the the rights rallying cry when they when they get into meme wars, this bullshit online. Um, this I'm I'm showing my power level here with brain poisoning. Um, <laughs> but the the rights rallying cry is like the left can't meme. Oh, the left can't meme. The right is a meme, right? the The whole existence of the modern right is predicated on the the entire uh, like reason for Trump getting elected is predicated on this like weird uh fusion of classical conservatism with uh modern reactionary like meme conservatism and like trump wouldn't have gotten elected if it weren't for this massive undercurrent of right-wing memeing so if we take if we take that from them uh we take away one of their most valuable tools and and one of the biggest things about uh that just kind of blows up that perspective like just torpedoes the entire idea that the right is better than the left at memeing is if you look at the, all the rights figureheads in like the memeing or, or online or posting community, it's like, they're all posting the dumbest shit. 
they're all posting yeah. this like hack boomer meme garbage that like because the base of the right like the online right the ba- their base is just a bunch of fucking hack boomers right and and yeah. like you know the young people there have brains that have like kind of just been molded to be older than they they physically are like that's what does well there but leftists have always and and progressives have always driven meme culture it's just in the past couple of years you know probably around 2014 2015 kind of got co-opted by reactionaries and that's kind of what we need to take 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 it back from yeah well i think even i mean pepe if i'm not mistaken was originally like not a right it was co-opted from i forget what the context was but it pepe originally yeah yeah pepe the frog uh it was like boys something yeah it was some comic called like boys town or something or boys time and it was like just a bunch of like cartoon animals you know hanging out and it was like a little bit surreal and i think the creator of that comic has disavowed pepe from his original vision absolutely and i don't know uh i think kind of what you're talking about reappropriating some of this stuff so that's kind of like my latest avatar on my shit posting account with with guile with like the laser eyes and the fucking anarchist patch on on his shoulder that was kind of the the thing I was going for, the vision I was going for there, just to really like take this symbol of militarism and like hyper masculinity and then like flip it on its head a little bit. Yeah, man, that shit fucking slaps. That's the kind of shit I fuck with, you know. But uh, do you want to do you want to jump into these couple of articles about Lil Nas and and Epstein <laughs> before we get into the the really heady meaty shit? Yeah, well, let's let's hit the the fun stuff. Um, the the first one that I saw that I want to bring to you is uh, it just came out today that apparently Lil Nas X uh, was contacted by the Pete Buttigieg campaign to uh, do some collab thing. Uh, so the candidate was going to recite the lyrics uh, for a BuzzFeed event, and then Lil Nas X was like, "Nah, nah, I don't fuck with Pete. <laughs> I'm not with Pete. I'm not for Pete." Yeah, old Alfred E. Newman looking ass. Yeah, um, which rules? I mean, like, I don't know. Like Lil Nas X, he's I think he's nineteen. Uh, we don't really know what his politics are so far, uh, but this is a good sign, right? I think the the article that you sent me is pretty funny with the cowboy hats that on uh, but a judge. It's a pretty good graphic. Have you seen? This? Yeah. Or am I looking at yeah, the yeah. article? <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's pretty good. This might be a good episode graphic. Well, I'll like fuck with Buttigieg. I'll make him look like Mao or some shit, and then I'll make <laughs> Lil Nas X the fucking uh, anarchist or something. Nice, but yeah, I mean, I think it, it speaks to uh, you know, Buttigieg specifically mentioned that um, you know he reached out to Lil Nas X, or he he's specifically mentioning because he wants people to think that he reached out to Lil Nas X. Uh, because Lil Nas X came out of the closet and and is openly gay now, and uh, yeah. uh, Pete Pete Buttigieg I think is the the one uh, openly gay candidate. I don't know about any of the others. If maybe like Marianne Williamson is like openly poly or or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> uh, but it's funny to me because it's like I don't know how political Lil Nas X is, but if he's rejecting Pete Buttigieg. 
it's a good sign that maybe he's like he doesn't want to be tokenized by yeah and i think uh, that's yeah that's astute yeah he he doesn't want to be tokenized he doesn't like because that's what this would be right if if um if if Lil Nas X and Pete Buttigieg went on stage and were like, "Hey, you know, we're we're doing Old Town. We're gonna take take our M1 Abrams tank to the Old Town Road, and we're gonna <laughs> kill Afghani citizen citizens until we can't no more." You know, it's cool. Uh, vote vote Buttigieg, twenty twenty, like that. You know, that would just suck. And I'm glad that he's kind of seeing through that. Yeah, it's definitely clout chasing. And I'm looking at the art. The article here actually says uh, the singer was not opposed to Buttigieg personally, sources said, but instead told Budfe- BuzzFeed News he didn't want to be seen as endorsing uh, a particular candidate in the race. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the safe way to do it. And like, <laughs> true, he's a safe poster, like all this stuff he posts is just like kind of it's he's basically like the 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 rapper version of Jomney's son, you know, on Twitter. just posting like uh you know let's go to area 51 and see them aliens but make sure to drink water <laughs> looking at this too uh, this article saying that a uh, democratic uh let's see tim ryan democrat from ohio a long shot contender came out to the the song at a recent democratic dinner in iowa really yeah that's funny yeah it's interesting because like um you know, musicians, there's a long standing tradition of musicians disavowing candidates using their music uh, as like walkout music. And yeah, like Bruce Springsteen comes to mind. Yeah, yeah, because that was like a favorite for like Reaganite conservatives for years. And <laughs> it's so not about that. Yeah. Um, and I, I think we'll probably see more of that. I mean, like Cardi B, for example, has fully gotten behind Bernie Sanders, which kind of rules. Uh, I'm not sure how many other big pop stars have, have come out uh, for or against various um, famous musicians, but, or sorry, famous, or sorry, primary contenders, but um, this will be fun. This will kind of rule as it happens. What? What about the lady that was saying that uh, Bernie made her skin crawl? She's doing mad tropes, right? <laughs> well, I mean, like, I, I, I saw a bunch of posts about that. I mean, it's uh, Mimi Roach or Roche. I, I, I forget. Mimi Roca, maybe. Um, she went on MSNBC and she's just like basically doing the. Um, I mean, if you watch MSNBC for any extended period of time, you're like, you're going to get the brain worms. Their programming is designed. It's all it's all just cramming ideology down your throat. But specifically, Mimi Roca um, said, you know, Bernie is anti-woman. Uh, he makes my skin crawl. And then somebody just had the, the most solid dunk, which was they posted her net worth, which was like, you know, $5 million. It's like, <laughs> you just don't want to pay taxes uh, and you're just lying. And yeah. also, like, why would you say, like, why wouldn't you? Ju- there, there are criticisms of Bernie, right? There, there yeah. are definitely criticisms of Bernie, but why would you say, "Oh, he makes my skin crawl"? You're, you're an idiot because that obviously comes across as anti-Semitic, and like, who knows? I don't think Mimi Roca is necessarily anti-Semitic, but uh, yeah, she definitely sounds like it in that in that clip. You have just used an ad hominem attack. I will not stand for it. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, that shit sucks so much. And then, like, uh, Bernie just, like, solidly has been just... Po- Honestly, I think he stepped up his posting game in the past, like, week, pa- past couple weeks. Um, he's been dunking left and right. Um, really u- using quote tweets to their fullest. Um, even doing tweets where he'll, like, just have a link to a tweet and then have a response, which is great. I mean, shit rules. Keep doing that, Bernie. Yeah, I don't really keep up too much with the uh, the primary shit. I'm kind of focused on other weird, like I'm burying my head in theory books or in like some kind of other, trying to figure out how the fuck I can uh, do anarchist praxis without getting uh, thrown in a gulag in fucking Cuba, Cuba or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's tough. It's, it's definitely tough. I'm fully invested in this primary because it'll determine whether I stay here or just sell all of my shit that I own and probably move, I don't know, to like Northern Canada or something. I, you know, this like in the past year, uh, you know, do it starting beep beep. Cause it's about a year old now, um, has caused me to just be so involved in, in fucking news and politics that, um, I just, I'm turning into more of a hermit. I go out less. Uh, I, I repeatedly have these visions of just living in the woods, having a dog, just living off the land, not having to think about politics or whatever. Real, like, you know, manifest destiny, but for podcasters shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Real Anna Prim shit. Yeah, and, like... <laughs> I, I resent the way that like all of our brains have been reprogrammed by fucking social media and shit like that. Um, I just want to, I want to, I want, basically my dream is like just escape neoliberalism, you know, like how, how do we like, like how do we live in, outside of neoliberalism? It's impossible, right? Yeah. It's, it's essentially impossible unless, unless you're fucking rich, right? The only people that aren't, that aren't under the boot of, you know, neoliberal economic structure are are the rich because they have the power to just go and fucking fly to some, you know, Caribbean island that they own and fuck kids in a secret under, underground dungeon, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Fucking the real Carcosa, little St. James Island. Some wild shit. Yeah. Jeffrey and apparently Epstein. there's also now a, a big St. James Island. Did you yeah. hear about this? I, I did hear about this. I did listen to the last uh, episode of Chapo where they really got into the, the Epstein mythos pretty pretty deeply. Yeah, yeah. They have Epstein brain. I'm like getting to the point where I have Epstein brain, but I don't know. I think they're just going to kill him. They're going to figure out how to kill him in a cell. Yeah, I mean, well, there was already an attempt, apparently, by some fucking yeah. crazy, <laughs> crazy cop that or ex-cop that is like serving a life sentence or some shit, so... Such a wild, wild story. For sure. I don't know if you've listened to that Chapo episode, but it gets like the way this thing sprawls is so bizarre and crazy. Yeah, because he had he was in for what uh, killing some guy that had a, a TV show on public access. I think. Uh, Am I, I didn't getting even that right? That. I'm not. I, don't I might be mixing know. up the threads. I'm not sure, but I uh, guess um, he's he's mob connected. He's mobbed up. Um, and that was true. Yeah. And he had like 
killed people in a cocaine deal gone wrong and buried him in his yard. It's like they they just get the most bumbling fucking idiots to do their hit on this fucking geopolitical like massive figure who's like a global pimp for child prostitutes for the rich and powerful. It's like at least like is your budget that low that you could only get some fucking dumbass Italian dipshit former cop like at least get you know get the fucking if 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 it's gonna blow up fucking Clint, the clintons and also trump and and every fucking person who's rich and powerful from the last 40 years like fucking you know spend more on your fucking assassin you know it's it's opsec though it's a uh, plausible deniability because they can always just say this you know this guy's been discredited look he's a murderer like he snapped you know what i mean that's that's the strategy. Yeah, there. yeah. Plus, even oh, blame you know, it on his Italian temper. Even if shit comes out, it's like, what are the consequences? I don't think that they're. I mean, the idea of consequences for the rich and powerful is. I don't know. I don't think that really ha- carries much weight, as I think we've seen play out over the years. You know, sure. I mean, there's a different. There's a different criminal justice system for regular ass people and people like Jeffrey Epstein. 100% and Trump not, and like, you I, know, I wouldn't argue against that. But I, I think that this kind of um, if if the Epstein case, if more information comes out and it's like, you know, it's chipping away at the veneer of nor- normalcy, um, chipping away at like the respect that people have for the Clintons. I mean, like 2016 did a lot to, uh, you know, hurt the the legitimacy of them as like the good guys. But this Epstein thing and all the evidence coming out, you know, they'll try to squash it. They will, but they'll reach a point where there's critical mass and they, they can't sweep it under the rug anymore. That's yeah. what I think. You know, what's really funny is, I mean, I still remember uh, since I was like fucking what, uh, we got the internet at my high school in like 97 <laughs> and I yeah. uh, still remember looking at, or like a friend of mine stumbled on this whole, the whole Arkansas mythos. What's which that? Was like, that's like the whole, basically this whole conspiracy theory about the Clintons having all these people killed. Uh, it's like Vince Foster and all that, all that kind yeah, of shit yeah, from like the 90s. Yeah, that's basically all real, right? Yeah, which was, well, I mean, I don't know. I, I haven't delved into it, but I just think it's crazy that like this, you know, this is like almost 20 years ago that that shit was already propagating on the internet. Yeah. Yeah, it's just I mean, an in- interesting in that context. Plus, like, also, even back then, like, Flat Earth was a thing. Like, I remember stumbling onto Flat Earth theory and shit back in the day in, like, like 99, 2000 era. So there's nothing new, you know what I mean? It's weird for this shit to, like, come up to the surface again, <laughs> like, 20 years later. That's always been this weird little, like, subculture on the internet. Yeah, they're recycling the fucking franchises for all the movies. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. they're recycling the conspiracies... Because, I mean, they just keep going, you know? Yeah. Ringing out the shit. We're in the end of history. Yeah. But I don't know. You have any any other juicy Epstein details? I did see a funny post. I forget who this was, but it was like a shot of Epstein in like some fucking... He's got like a fleece on and some kind of fucking like joggers or like fleece pants. And behind him is, is Woody Allen. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Who dug this shit up? That was pretty Yeah, amazing. that just makes sense. Unless it was a Photoshop, <laughs> but I, I... You know what I think is actually going to happen? I, I, My theory is, like, 
the ramp up of of the Russian interference narrative and they're also the ramp up of you're going to see a ramp up of news stories involving like deep fakes and Russian meddling. Um, and that is that's just going to be what they use. That's going to be their tool that they use to discredit anything that'll come out about Epstein uh, yeah. or, or like any if, if you know, the the piss tape or whatever, if if, if an actual <laughs> tape of Trump you know, fucking cavorting with like 17 year olds in little St. James in some dungeon somewhere comes out or if like fucking pictures from the Lolita Express come out, they're just going to be like, oh, these are very clearly deep fakes. Like, look at the pic. It's a shop. I can tell from the pixels and having seen quite a few shops in my time. (laughs) Expert shop, expert shop witness. Call in the testimony. (laughs) Yeah. That's what's going to happen. Um, nothing's ever going to change, and we're just going to keep hurtling towards economic uh, economic and ecological catastrophe. Yeah. Uh, good times, right? May you live in interesting times. We're, we're fucking neck deep in that shit. Yep. Yeah. Um, one thing that I want to, like, just stress is, like, as we get more into the whole Epstein thing, all of the other shit's still going on. There's still fucking children in cages. There's still fucking, um, you know, like covert strikes uh, being done in the Middle East. There's still fucking like the Trump administration is still trying to like push this narrative that Iran is is cruising for a bruising. And there's still like, like right now there's fucking, you know, uh, an effort in um, South America to send, you know, thousands of, of Israeli and American troops uh, towards Venezuela preparing for some kind of conflict like it's all still going on like this epstein thing you know we should we should definitely pay a lot of attention to it because it it does have potential to to result in some really big revelations but this all all this other shit is definitely still going on yeah absolutely i mean i advocated like i can't i can't feel like i'm a genuine leftist other like i'm just a lifestyleist until i go down to the border with a fucking army or something and try to free those kids well, I mean, like, I, I, that's, it's different. Well, you're in Texas, so it, it's a little different for you. Uh, and I, I, it would be really cool if you, you know, maybe like did some coverage or something, interviews, you know, one of the biggest things, like, oh, another thing, Puerto Rico, like, their shit's still fucking whack. Uh, I had just a protester slide into my DMs on Twitter and be like, hey, I know you do a podcast. Can, can you interview me? I'm like, this is falling into my lap, of course. And it ended yeah. up being an incredible interview where we covered the colonial history of Puerto Rico, uh, where we covered, you know, um, the current economic situation where, you know, uh, the pensions and also just uh, a whole bunch of public services in Puerto Rico defaulted on debt at, or they went bankrupt. And then now they owe just an inordinate amount of billions, millions. I don't know if it's billions, but definitely like millions of dollars to wall street because the debt was then bought up by private firms and it's just like int- like interest is compounding to the point where puerto rico will never be free from that debt unless there's a fundamental restructuring of the way that the puerto rican economy works in relation to the united states and obviously that'll you know congress will never pass statehood i mean the senate is very unlikely to ever flip back to a, a blue majority and congress who the fuck knows what's going to happen but like Everything's fucked, and uh, if if you know if you have the strength and you have the energy to go, and, and you have the resources, because like you know, I I work like everybody on Beep Beep uh, works, you know, 
Um, Bryn's trying to start, uh, you know, like her own project, but basically we all work. Uh, it's tough to get away from that when, if you take, took like a week to go down and protest, you'd be fired. Yeah. You know? Right. So we do what we can. You know, we, we try to spread, spread the good word, uh, try to radicalize people with comedy, and we try to get the word out about what's going on in these places. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to listen to your interview, but I definitely think that's dope, and I'll definitely throw that up in the show notes and give that a listen. Shit, on, on that note, I still haven't had a chance to... Uh, I forgot you had the had Matt Chrisman on. That was a great episode. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, we, we didn't... He's my favorite talk- of the Chapos for sure, so... He, he gets into some really fun rants. Uh, we didn't have him talk about Epstein because this was like right before all the Epstein shit went down. Like, couldn't have timed it worse, you know, because I would have loved to have him ranting about that. Uh, <laughs> but he did end up t- telling us all about these, like, uh, you know, alien cover-up stories, specifically Skinwalker Ranch, uh, which if, if you're not familiar is like this crazy um, ranch that's in the, in the middle of a Native American reservation out west, uh, but it's it's the only part of the Native American reservation that's not owned by the reservation, like, because they just don't go there because they're so they're they're so super superstitious about it. It's like fucking poltergeist shit, like apparitions, like all sorts of like freaky shit, cattle mutilations goes on there and it's it, it's exchanged hands a few times, like it's now owned by some company that some people think is a shell company owned by fucking Tom DeLong of Blink-182 of all people. Oh yeah. Uh, shit's insane. Like, don't, Area 51 is just fucking Skunk Works, Lockheed Martin shit. That's all you're going to fucking find at Area 51. Storm, like, these fucking people that are doing the Facebook event to storm Area 51, they should be storming Skinwalker Ranch, because we need to find out what the fuck is going on there. <laughs> and they also the should be storming instead, the fucking concentration camps for children. Yeah. But that's a that's a cold take. Like, everybody's already had that exact same take before. Like, that should be... That's a no-brainer, but, you know, that fucking... Memes are what are, are what gets shit to happen in this this current political and internet climate. Yeah, and I mean for me, that's what I like. You know, I I'm try to stay kind of positive, but it's like I feel like in a sense the the sort of material conditions of post modernity really fucking hamstring the ability to mobilize people in any kind of meaningful way, like any form of like real class or mass politics or mass action. It's so fucking hard. It has to be like a specific, like, that's why, like, identity politics is, like, that shit is successful. Like, that's the only game. And, like, that's, if you have something like that, you can, people can rally around it. Be- beyond that, a, a class politics, I, I'm kind of skeptical if that's fucking possible in this day and age, the way that everybody's kind of in their silo, even in your own state. It's like we used to be kind of, merged together through a, a certain like monoculture in a sense but now everybody's you know it's like you have the fucking trump people that are living in their own reality and then you have us leftists and then you have the liberals all in their own kind of siloed version of reality without any like chance of how, how like how the fuck do you break that spell yeah yeah, well, that that leads me to the article. This Wayne Price, uh, a Maoist attack on anarchism, um, originally written for anarchismo.net, uh, hosted on the anarchistlibrary.org. Uh, you sent it to me to read, and like I got <laughs> about halfway through, and I'm just like, all these people are fucking LARPing. 
Yeah. All these people are just fucking LARPing. Uh, if you if you live in the the imperial core, arguing one tendency versus another is bullshit, and it's a waste of fucking time. It's just LARPing, and it does absolutely nothing. Yeah. The only thing, the only the the only thing that isn't fucking lifestyleism, uh, that you can do when you live in the imperial core is praxis, right? And I know that there's like, uh, I'm at you know I'm I'm actually gonna go play magic cards with uh, some people, <laughs> including the praxis girl, the simone that did that video later today um but like you know praxis we make fun of it but like do some fucking praxis like go you know do direct sabotage of ice vehicles or something or form a human chain to block people from exiting or entering an ice uh camp that's praxis right like right just and that's been really heartening to see. Anarchists like, versus Maoists is is not praxis. Like yeah. it's just fucking LARPing, and that's why I hate tendency talk. And my co-hosts on BB get into it so much, and I don't mind it when they get into it because at least it has a point. But yeah. the endless fucking like, oh, you're an MLM and I'm an anarchist, so obviously we shouldn't be along. We're all on the fucking left. Just stop and and like put that aside because right now we live in the imperial core so it doesn't matter if you're an anarchist and and the other person is an mlm or the other person is a fucking like i don't know a trotskyist even trotskyist like who the fuck cares who the fuck cares go get together and do something and then because okay so i I, i'm i'm off on this rant here but (laughs) i'm thinking of, of of how basically in the Imperial Corps they've made revolution impossible. Like with technology and weapons and uh, paramilitary like mobilization of reactionaries, a, a, a violent proletarian revolution in the United States looks less possible and less possible every day, especially with uh, legislation about Antifa being pushed by fucking people like Ted Cruz and shit like that. Um, if, if revolution happens, it's probably going to happen after we get a couple more decades further into this techno dystopia bullshit where everybody lives in a pod that's owned by Amazon and they work at Amazon and they get all their food from Amazon or like, you know, the local equivalent of that. So, you know, a a corporation owns literally every aspect of your life and you're just a fucking drone, right? That's when, that's when revolution is going to happen. And it's going to happen in a way that we can't comprehend yet because we're not at that point. We're at this like weird middle stage where we're, you know, final like shit is is getting really bad, and it's not bad enough to trigger massive societal upheaval yet. Uh, but it's bad, and people don't really understand why. We're in the second trimester. Yeah, waiting for the yeah, new I to th- be born in a sense. Yeah, it'll be at least five to ten more years before something really like big happens that changes our way of life. I think. Possibly more. I will be interested to see what ha- develops. Um, I think that it's it's a weird dialectic in the sense that right now, like you're right in the sense, like it's never been harder to imagine a violent proletarian revolution happening in the U.S. But I also think that at the same time, the state has never been. Also, it's never been weaker. Like we have all the tools at our disposal. Like. I think that's the reaction you're seeing is fascism or the state is trying to consolidate its power and fascism yeah. is the only means that the nation states can ex- exist at this sort of scale. 
And that shit is really starting to crumble. And that's why we feel like it, it feels like the ground is trembling with, you know, these sort of, you know, um, seismic shifts in a sense that, but, you know, just kind of low rumbles because there's the old paradigm is just not going to work anymore in the way that we're sort of div divided up by technology in those silos. So I think that you're right. But, you know, even me, I'm like, I'm not going to fucking waste my time going out to canvas for Bernie or any other candidate. I think we should be pouring our energy into, like, build fucking food co-ops and, like, mutual aid networks and shit like that and some kind of, like, dual power mechanisms so that we are prepared for when this shit does fracture because it's otherwise it's going to be ugly and the right are going to be in a better position to, to really run shit if we don't really lay the groundwork right now. Well, that's the thing, though, because you should do those things, organize and help people do mutual aid, uh, you know, help people like get by, um, but also canvas for Bernie, because <laughs> something that John always says on our show is like, it's going to be way easier to do a revolution from a underneath a uh, social democratic welfare state than it is under you know another four years of trump or god forbid whatever the fuck comes after trump or alternatively if you know f somebody like pete Buttigieg gets in the the and and you know shit just gets worse and worse the fucking reactionary freak that's going to come after a buddy gig presidency in 2024 right like who the fuck knows what'll happen then um but the the, the whole thing with uh Bernie is like, I donate to Bernie. I, I throw him a couple bucks, you know, every like two weeks or so. Um, when I, my thing is like, I, I've turned it, turned it into a way to just troll, uh, these like online freaks that hate Bernie. Um, every so often there'll be like a, uh, a take about Bernie. That's just so bad and just garbage that I'll respond to it. I'll throw a, bu a couple bucks to the Bernie campaign and instead of like, instead of like diametrically opposing whatever their point is, it's like, oh, you know, Bernie is uh, like the whole shit about like Bernie's union. It's like people are trashing Bernie for uh, cutting hours, but it's like if the the if Bernie's campaign employees are making the same amount of money but working less hours, they've effectively just gotten a raise, right? Yeah. And like some shitty take about that, you just respond with a screenshot saying. Uh, you know, $5 has been donated to the Bernie Sanders campaign in your name. Instead of arguing with these freaks, because you're, you're never going to logic them out of hating Bernie. Their hate for Bernie is irrational or they're, because they're rubes and they've been propagandized by fucking MSNBC, Mimi Roca and fucking Zerlina Maxwell or any of these fucking ghouls, these absolute fucking phantom just vampires that just exist to suck any momentum out of uh, like the Bernie campaign through the media or they're, they're, they're paid to do it themselves and they're actual cynical political operatives who uh, would rather another four years of Trump than a Bernie presidency. And it, it makes them so angry because like, because if you, if you challenge them on their points, right there, you're never going to logic them out of it. But if you just say, uh, Hey, I, I, instead of arguing with you, I'm doing self-care by donating five bucks to Bernie. <laughs> that's, that's good. That's very good. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, <laughs> that's it combines the two, the two things that I love the most on the internet, which are, uh, 
just trolling people and Bernie Sanders. <laughs> oh man. I don't know though, man. I think it's a lot more like it's it's less cut and dry than even that. Like, yes, I think that there is like, yes, people have material interests that they're gonna consciously defend. But I mean, I think, you know, we have like people think that fucking Hillary Clinton is a socialist. That I think is the <laughs> That's the fucking reality that we're dealing with. So that I mean, fuck. Let's say even Bernie does get elected, the machinery of government at the like the fucking states will sue the federal government if there's any kind of Medicare for all, even if it's just like some kind of band aid over Obamacare. Like that's the kind of fight that you're gonna see, and we're gonna be stuck in this situation where the fucking Republicans dig in their heels and don't let a fucking thing get done. And the rest of the Democrats are just Vichy fucking cowards, and they'll fucking piss all over themselves to acquiesce to, you know, the sort of supposed center, center of the country. Yeah, yeah. It is really easy to get into the mindset of, like, nothing's going to change even if Bernie gets elected because there's all these forces working against him. Um, and that's where I, I have kind of a hot take, which is that the people that are kind of doing something, you know, besides just doing electoralism and trying to get people elected at the state and local level, uh, you know, to the legislatures to prevent that from happening, to prevent from the the right, the Republicans from being able to dig in their heels to kind of chip away at their numbers. Forget just the regular kind of like electoralism that's going on. There's also this undercurrent. My hot take is like the gravel campaign. They're using some of the funds that they raise. Like, forget for a second that it's this weird, bizarre, like, teens doing it for the lulls or to get on Chapo or whatever. Forget that for a second. Um, imagine, so, I, you know, one thing that we did on BP was interview a senior advisor, uh, you know, an actual adult and not a teenager from yeah. the Gravel campaign. I listened and to he told us about. He told us about how they're raising this money to run ad campaigns in the form of memes, like a different kind of political advertisement in local districts where either there's just a fucking, you know, just monster, like evil fucking just dipshit fail son uh, elected with money from his dad's jet ski dealership to like a, a you know, state senate position or, uh, you know, a just like blue dog democrat fucking corporate asshole that needs to be primaried they're ready to pump money into these extremely targeted areas using facebook and uh social media advertising to try and take on those candidates and that's the kind of political guerrilla warfare that we need to fight because we the left has no institutional power so the left needs to use guerrilla tactics on every front and that's not just you know if there was ever a violent revolution you know the left would have to use guerrilla tactics that also has to be how the left does online propagandizing and electoralism it needs to be a, a guerrilla style of every single front that's available to the left yeah i don't know we need, we need to we need to create a compelling narrative for the left as opposed to like this vision of the left as always like kind of sucking the air out of like taking the fun out of life in, in a sense like we need to create a positive vision for humanity and i don't know i just feel like that like those funds and shit all that money that's going into electoralism is better spent 
doing d- direct like more community-based shit than like the electoral system is just it's so fucked and it's rigged against the left like that shit is a it's a loser's game i think i mean i don't know that's just me that's yeah, my that's my hot, that's my reverse hot take here i don't think that the left is the i, I mean yes maybe there's this reputation for liberals to suck the fun out of every everything but especially in the past couple of years uh with the rise of like podcasting and like left memeing and and you know bernie this whole groundswell around bernie like that's not the fucking like fun suck bullshit uh like liberal um sexless freaks <laughs> that have historically been associated with the left and i think that that's a good thing because it's like it's a it's a lively left like bernie sanders is is in his 80s but he is a lively man he is a excited uh he's pissed off which is like something that i look forward to as you know a uh neurotic ashkenazi jew when i get older i just want to be angry all the time uh but have it keep me razor sharp like that's a, a thing that bernie has on trump which is that bernie's mind is razor sharp whereas trump's is mush and it's because bernie is motivated almost entirely out of spite for the current political system uh and economic system and I think that that energy is good, and I think that that will do a lot to improve the general perception of the left, and has been. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I sort of agree, but I still think we're sort of like we're late in the game for pol- like a political solution through the democratic means. Like, you know, yeah, maybe we should. It's tr- just harm. It's harm reduction. True, in in a sense, but like. Again, I feel like our energies are better directed, like at the local level, than trying to create this, you know, even a campaign. I mean, I still feel like Kamala Harris is probably, if I had to bet money today, if you like put a gun to my head, I would say Kamala Harris gets the nomination and then Trump probably gets reelected. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know if, because I mean, one of the biggest stories recently is that Kamala Harris cannibalized her own support by going after biden which i think was not a very savvy political move in the debate where she attacked biden for being against busing um because kamala harris if she wants to win the nomination is eventually going to have to court former biden supporters after biden drops out because he's caught like i don't know fondling a kid in a ball pit at mcdonald's or something um Kamala Harris is eventually going to need to court those people if she wants to get the nomination. And she, she is essentially shot herself in the foot. Um, I think that it's going to come down to Bernie and possibly Warren or either Bernie or Bernie and Biden. Um, and that, you know, it, it's going to be a shit show. Uh, no matter what, they're going to do everything they can to prevent Bernie from getting the nomination, even if it means like a straight up coup. Like if if the Democrat, if the DNC, uh, like if it looks like Bernie's going to get the nomination, there's going to be some crazy shit. Something crazy shit is going to happen. I don't know what it's going to be. Contested convention, whatever. It's going to prevent Bernie from getting the nomination. They will not let it happen. Uh, so it basically, yeah, you're right. We need to organize on the local level. Um. But it's not either or, right? It's not like people always say it's like, uh, that's another thing. Everybody's always like, oh, it's either or. It's not either or. Like, you know, you think the fascists are are 
thinking, oh, either we either we do fascism on the state level or we do <laughs> fascism fascism on the national level. They're like, no, it's like all fascism all the time, baby. Well, we need to do that too. It's like we need to organize on the the state and local level, and we also need to organize on the national level. And that's what shoots a lot of leftist movements in the foot. Foot, and that's what's shooting the Puerto Rican uh, revolutionary protests right now in the foot. They talk about it in that interview because there's no cohe- cohesive ideological base to the entire protests. A third of that fucking island is in the streets at peak times during these protests. A third of a three and a half million uh, population island uh, territory is in the streets. That's so many fucking people. That's bigger than like that's bigger than uh, I think it's the biggest protest that's ever taken place on Puerto Rico. Uh, and there's no cohesive ideological base because it's, it's spurred on by just bourgeois moralizing. Like the governor was caught using sexist, misogynistic, homophobic language in his group DMS. And while I think that it's good that that was exposed because we need these people, these ghouls behind the scenes are just horrific, terrible people. um, There isn't any ideological base, even though the Puerto Rican people have been subject to some of the worst austerity as a result of neoliberalism in the past century uh you know starting out as a colony and and took the current day where they are just in under fucking economic indentured servitude to the united states and wall street it's fucked up but nobody is really doing the legwork to radicalize these huge masses of people and that's why i think that uh in the united states if something like this puerto rican protests were to occur where there were mil- like a third of the United States. The United States is so much fucking bigger, but can you imagine a hundred million people just in the streets all over the United States? It would be insane. Oh yeah. And they would issue would martial need to law be, for sure. in a minute. Absolutely. There would need to be in order for those protests to stop getting reactionary. And John also talks and John and Bryn uh, talk about this on the latest beep beep. Um, not the latest bonus, but the late, the one where we talk about Puerto Rico, uh, it would turn reactionary very, very quick if you didn't have a bunch of leftists working tirelessly to spread the correct ideology to prevent these massive processes from turning reactionary. And that's what ha- that's kind of what happened with the Yellow Vests in Canada, where the Yellow Vests in France... Uh, they didn't really go fash, but the yellow vests in Canada have been entirely co-opted by fash. I mean, that's the difficulty in this era is like I said, again, coming back to you, it's just so hard. And I think you're overcoming a big ideological hurdle whenever you're trying to convince or like, like fascism is built into the American character. Like all of the shit that we're taught all of our lives is fucking fascistic, imperialistic yeah. bullshit that is valorized by the culture. And like, I mean, that's why people are, I mean, this Blue Lives Matter and people being so pissed off about the flag, like, f- fuck the flag. Like, the flag is bullshit. You know what I mean? Buddy, they won't even let me fuck the flag. I mean, it's interesting to hear, like, uh, this article, this piece about Avakian, I thought was, you know, say what you want about Avakian. And I mean, obviously, I probably don't agree with most of his politics and, and vision of society, but. I will say this motherfucker got arrested for desecrating the flag and assaulting the police officer, and that fucking slaps. So hell yeah, <laughs> yeah, that does rule. I always I wanted to do so uh, two things. Uh, the one thing that I will say about Bob Avakian is 
no matter how good his ideals are, no matter how many people he's united, it's not going to be fucking Marxism, Leninism, Maoism, Bobism. Like Bob <laughs> is not the name of a fucking, you know, communist leader. Um, and I'm, you know, that's kind of jokingly saying that, but, uh, aesthetically, I don't know if anybody would ever follow a communist leader named Bob on a <laughs> global sense. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's rough. You know, Bob is just not a name. You know, I, I think of discount furniture. No sizzle. No you sizzle know? at all. Yeah, exactly. It's got to be like um, Carl Carl or uh, Joseph. Maybe a Steve. Uh, Vladimir, you know? <laughs> yeah, Steve. Steve. Um, I don't know. Uh, the other thing that I want to say um, is, so, uh, shit, I had something. Ah, well, I'll, it'll come back to me. I do think, uh, and do you you have some kind of Maoist sympathies, right? Though, just just to go back and from sort of the the thing you don't like to talk about too much in terms of tendency. Yeah, I would call myself a. I mean, I jokingly say that I'm an anarcho Maoist uh, because I think that tendencies are bullshit and you should just say whatever it doesn't fucking matter yeah uh but i mean more accurately i'm probably i would probably fall into the mlm camp okay um but i find uh, a lot of mao's writing really inspiring um and i think i do genuinely think that anarchism and maoism can be synthesized together but like i said before it doesn't fucking matter because we live in the imperial core true uh if you if you're having a conversation about who did fucking communism best or uh, who had the best ideas about anarchism, it's fucking pointless. I mean, from an academic historical sense, if you just want to, you know, just learn more, that's great, you know? But if you're actually just, if you're having an argument, it's just, it's just fucking like pissing in an ocean, right? You're not doing anything uh, productive. True. I I think though like for me as an anarchist the Maoist uh, organizing tactics and structure I think is a very interesting one like that's the part of Maoism that I find interesting and like kind of you know I've talked to I've been on mandatory OT I don't know if you've ever messed with those I think yeah, maybe yeah. they're more John's uh, guys but they were you know they've kind of been doing a lot of uh, boots on the ground sort of organizing from that sort of perspective and talked a lot about what the Panthers did and that's kind of the shit that I think the approach or that's the kind of stuff we can glean from this more so than like an ivory tower debate about which tendency is necessarily right or just you know I don't know I I don't want to have that I don't want to have an argument necessarily about is Maoism bad or is anarchism good or vice versa but I want to explore the ideas and figure out how the fuck do we take this shit and make it real? Like, what can we take from, what can we take that's positive from history and from theory and apply to our current situation as fucked as it is? And I think that's what I'm trying to learn and interrogate. And that's the discourse that I really want to have is like, how the fuck do we make this real? Like, yeah, I'd love to throw a stick of dynamite in the, white house but um ironically (laughs) allegedly but uh you know that's gonna get me killed in five seconds right so that's that's not necessarily (laughs) praxis that's kind of an adventurous take right so like what is that what does anarchist praxis look like in the fucking imperial core you know like i think 
building the mutual... To me, it looks like fucking helping each other. Right? Yeah, exactly. Mutual aid, like, showing people to, like... I think that's a big thing that the left needs to do is show people, like, show them with actions what the left is about on, yeah. on the, at the level of the street. You know what I mean? Like, fucking help people out. Show them what, like, communism is, what real communism is, and not this fucking ad hominem bullshit concept that is kind of forced down our throats in the, like, general discourse in the U.S. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, if you put aside the tenancy talk, you have way... If you put aside... If you if you don't spend an hour arguing uh, at your DSA meeting over, oh, you're a fucking, like, Leninist and I'm a fucking... I I read Bookchin one time. <laughs> like if you if you don't waste that hour, you can spend that hour doing a fucking food drive or, you know, like I mean, brake light clinics are a fucking stereotype, but those are really great and they're an opportunity to build solidarity and bring people into the fold. It's like just do that shit. Um save the arguments for Twitter. Like I got to be honest, I mean, I have Talk to people specifically in the DSA that are like, yeah, I mean, like, it's the DSA, but, like, I'm a communist, I'm a Maoist, I'm an anarchist. Like, the DSA is just the the closest thing we have to, you know, a leftist community organizing right. uh, organization right now. It's just, you know, it, it's a means to an end. Um, I don't know how I really feel about that. I'm an agoraphobe, and I don't really leave my apartment, um, <laughs> so I don't really go to, like, DSA shit. Uh, but I do go to, you know, I go to protests and I go to those things so I can fucking document them. Yeah. Um, in case something happens and by and large, what I see is not people arguing about their fucking tendency, but just people like standing in solidarity, anarchists standing with communists, standing with fucking Trotskyists, standing with them socks, standing with fucking Bernie bros. Like just, you know, all this tendency talk does is divide us and, you know, you, you, jury's still out even on whether fucking the whole tenancy debate was just manufactured by the CIA, you know, 30 or 40 years ago to prevent the left from ever achieving any form of mass solidarity. Uh, don't at me about that. <laughs> oh, man. Um, Real deep conspiracy hours here. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. All I'm saying is like, who cares about your tendency? Organize the people on the left. You live in the imperial core. Debating tendency is fucking pointless. It's a LARP. Uh, who cares? You just uh, you just torpedoed my whole show, bro. <laughs> my whole podcast. <laughs> oh, I didn't mean to do that. I'm gonna go go cry and and read fucking Baudrillard or some some bullshit now. <laughs> I mean, that's just my fucking no, take. Know. You know, fu- like I'm, I'm total. I totally. I get it. I'm just fucking. You with should you. talk to Bryn from BB Bloodis because she has a totally different take. Because her take is like. Yeah, arguing tendencies sucks, but arguing tendencies is important because it's what what your plan is once the left has power. Yeah. Um I'm very much focused on the here and now. Right. Because I have a very cynical dark outlook on the future. Oh, well, I mean, and dude. I I like to <laughs> rein in my own expectations and kind of hope to be proven wrong. That's that's my style because if I get too excited about anything, uh I'll just be disappointed and <laughs> Like, life is a long string of disappointments, right? Yeah. So if you keep your expectations low, it'll always be a pleasant <laughs> surprise and something good happens. Then you'll never get hurt, right? Is that it? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Keep, you know, keep a small circle. All these cloud sharks. <laughs> Goddamn. I mean, 
I don't know if you've uh, read any of my posts on Twitter, but my outlook is n- very nihilistic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Although I do have to say um you've been having you've been on some fucking rippers lately with your puns. <laughs> but maybe making puns is just like a, you know, a nihilistic cry into the void that it's more fun to do wordplay than it is to theorize. Maybe you're coming over to to my argument. I mean, it's definitely like it's trying to assert some kind of control or freedom within the oppressive nature of the fucking control society that we're under, right? Because if you can take meaning itself and fucking tear it apart, like that's is a that's a kind of revolution. I mean, call, throw cold water on that all you want, but like fucking with that shit, fucking with meaning, things at the level of meaning, maybe I'm just a total fucking weirdo, but I love that shit. Like I love playing with it like it just exposes how kind of bullshit all these arguments are that like oh you know a man like there's two genders like whatever fuck that shit like let's make the world a lot more fluid and open to experimentation and playing with all these bullshit like categories that are kind of forced on us and like saying like we have to fit in all these neat little boxes of of meaning like fucking tear that shit apart like deconstruct all that shit i don't know (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you. It's very postmodern. Um, Which I'm very much into. Like, I fucking, I don't know. I just love that shit. That's kind of like my, direct that, inject that shit directly into my veins every day. I love it. Fuck yeah. I mean, I'm a materialist, so postmodernism is just something that I dabble in, but you're the master, man. Ah, I wouldn't say that. I would not say that. But uh, I actually, so I will be coming out with, an episode with mandatory OT on Monday about postmodernism oh, yeah. that I think is pretty good. Which I got the, nice. I got them both. They're all into Foucault and shit now. It's kind of funny. <laughs> that rules. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that... Uh, have you ever read the Chomsky-Foucault debate? I have not, but you got to check out my pinned tweet on my shitposting I'll- account. On your, you have a shitposting account? I mean, no, that the main account that you follow. That's my oh, shit you're, po- versus you're- the podcast account. <laughs> Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. Wait, hold up, hold up. All right. It's pretty good. Oh, it's a video. I'll, wa- I'll watch this afterward. Yeah. It's just a GIF. I'll wa- it's real short, but it's funny as hell. All right. All right. I'll put it on. Hold on. Wait, unmute. I'm not getting audio for some reason. On my... Oh, no, it's just a... It's a GIF. There's no audio. Oh. It's just like 10 seconds or 20 seconds. He thinks postmodernism will do what? <laughs> Destroy Western civilization? <laughs> I fucking wish. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah, dude. And the, no, seriously, the little though. ending quote. Yeah, that's great, right? <laughs> I genuinely want to throw all the cis white men in the gulag. <laughs> and then the, the Chomsky reaction where he kind of like nods his head like, yeah, yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah. That rules. I mean, the Chomsky Foucault debate's really good. That book is, uh, it's miserable to get through. I hate reading. Uh, the thing that I like to read the most is posts. Uh, books <laughs> are fucking lame. Um, but that is a good book. I'll recommend it. Um, 
if you want to torture yourself with reading. And then, yeah, do you mind if I plug? No, of course, dude. That's uh, that's what you're here for, mainly. Self-promote. <laughs> no, 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 no. I have nothing to self-promote, but I do encourage you all to check out the interview that I did um, with Ave, who is a Puerto Rican protester who was at uh, the protests in Puerto Rico during the peak time when there were over a million people in the streets. It's in the beep beep feed. We unlocked it for everybody. It's a separate episode. It's not funny. Uh, most beep beep episodes are filled with jokes. This is not a funny episode. It is a, entirely an educational episode. You will learn about the colonial history of Puerto Rico and you will learn about the current uh, sociopolitical climate and all of the things that make uh, the situation so dire. And a couple of the things that you can do to help. Uh, so check out that episode. I'm really proud of it. It's the first time I've ever done real journalism on my podcast instead of making dick jokes and weed jokes. Um, yeah, go check it out. Yeah, I'll throw a link up to that in the uh, in the show notes for sure as well. Uh, Thank you. Anything else you want to throw out? Your, uh, are you still doing sad boy raps? Um, I kind of put my emo rap project on hold just because just straight up editing beep beep is, is so much work because I'm, I, I do all the edits, but, um, I do just want to give a, a shout out. We did a follow Friday <laughs> for all of our favorite pods. You're on there. Uh, dumb and awful Kino lefter left tendo dumb bitch media pearls to the round table. Red menace, iron weeds and introducing Trillbillies, mandatory OT champagne sharks, uh, your podcast, I'm reading from a list here, uh, Grub Stakers, Pod Damn America, Seriously Wrong, Street Fight, and many, many more. I love you guys. Well, Todd, uh, once again, at Argument Winner, thanks for joining me on the pod. Always love to have you. Always love to read your amazing posts. You're a... Always love to be here. Absolutely. Uh, but uh, this is Podcast, care of Cooper Cherry, signing off for the week. Peace out, Google Chemtrails. <laughs>